You know, maybe on second thought for my photo, I just put up a Tabata Songs cover of you with your abs as my, uh, <laughs> at least to get the conversation rolling, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, we can double date. We'll just show up. We're a pair. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to The Quiver Show. This is our audio journal about family, life, business, and the search for our best selves. We hope you enjoy. Oh, is it time for a quiver? G'day and welcome back to The Quiver Show. I am your host, Ash Crawford. Today, we meet Jay Driscoll, one of the founders of Tabata Songs. And we hear about how Jay has combined his passion for fitness and for music in growing a brand that helps people work out anytime, anywhere. Tabata Songs has grown into one of the largest streaming music workout playlists, as well as having a YouTube with over 1 million subscribers. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jay as much as I did. Hello. Good morning, Jay. Hey, Ash. How are we doing? I'm doing awesome. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's been a little while. It has. We're, I feel like we, we chat a fair amount these days. We don't see each other in person as much now that you're down in sunny Connecticut. But yeah, yeah, a little, little change of pace. Don't see you quite as much. Good to hear your voice and see you on the screen here. I know. This is, this is cool. This is modern technology. Yeah, no kidding. For, for someone like yourself who is very well-versed in, in recording equipment and whatnot, I'm starting to get a little glimpse into your world of what it is like to put on a production or a show or to edit through audio and video like you do. Sure. Isn't it crazy? All the little, just all the little things, the rabbit holes you can dive into. It's, it, it really, it's like we, Makunda and I started this podcast and we had an app on our phone and we hit record and we're sitting around it. And I, I'm now, I have some mics and we've got some lights and headphones usually. And I'm just like, wow, this, this can go from, from here to a million dollar studio. And I can see how quickly it can. <laughs> Yeah, how quickly you can uh, rack up the credit card bills. And especially once you get into video, right? When you're getting into video and editing and, you know, there's just it's just kind of endless. You have to decide, you know, at what point do I stop, I guess. Right. Yeah, I think that we found our, our little sweet spot. I think a couple of good microphones and if we can get some decent video here, we're we're pretty happy about it. Cool. Well, it looks and sounds great, man. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. In the, in the Quiver studio, which doubles as our office and... It's nice and cozy in here on a rainy day. Yeah, it looks great in there. <laughs> All right. Well, I like to kick this off with uh, a question that I haven't heard on another podcast. Um, now, I know that you have a beautiful wife and a couple of kids, but if you did have to write an online dating profile for yourself, how would how would you describe Jay? <laughs> That's a great question. I was just... With a friend who was, you know, swiping through, I don't even know what app or what, I'm thankful to have totally missed that because I met my wife before all the dating apps. Um, but I was just saying, I'm so happy I've never even had to think about that. And here you are making me think about that. What would I say? I guess I, I think I would actually try to shoot low so I could over deliver rather, <laughs> rather than shooting high and under deliver. So I think I'd put up, first of all, like a pretty probably a relatively terrible picture of myself. So when when she saw me, she'd be like, wow, you're better looking than I because I don't want the opposite, you know? <laughs> and I'd probably keep it pretty simple of uh, the things I like to do. Uh, I like to get outside. I like to kayak. I like to hike and trail run, mountain bike. And I like to look at the water. Um, and I love 
being creative. Uh, so that's, I, I think that's probably what I'd throw in there, as boring as that may be. But yeah, I think I'd want to over-deliver. I love that. It's always so interesting how people answer that question, right? Like the way that you you even think about starting to answer it, like very literally or the more esoterically, It's 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 been really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a quick sentence, has anybody asked you? Um, if you were to, I know the same thing with you, you are happily married at this point, have a beautiful wife. What would you do if you were to do that right now? It depends. It depends on what phase of life I'm, I've been in. I definitely, uh, I would, I would throw up one of our Tabata songs, thumbnails from our YouTube, just holding a dumbbell way over my head. Um, no, I think somebody did ask me this a few weeks ago and I did. I did think about it and I think my bio line would just say, I'm in therapy for the rest of my life. If you are as well, like, let's go from there. It was like one of those, like the shit test, if I was to be dating and that's like one of the most important things um, in my life is that I'm working on myself constantly and I know that it's a journey, um, not something that I can like, just do for a little while and, and finish. Um, so I think that would be my byline. Totally. I love that. Yeah. You know, maybe on second thought for my photo, I just put up a Tabata Songs cover of you with your abs. As my, uh, <laughs> at least to get the conversation rolling, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I We can double date. We'll just show up. We're a pair. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, cool. So... I've, I was thinking about this and like, do I try and approach it? Like, I don't know what you do. Cause we are, we've, we've been sort of, I've been working with you guys in, in various little capacities, um, with your brand, but how do you like to describe what you do now in the professional world? Oh, great question. You know, I think, I'm, um, I, I think I encompass the, the, the term, Jack of all trades, master of none, very well. You know, it's uh, uh, well, I guess to to back up what I do right now, like my main gig outside of being a father and a husband in the professional world, the 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 main thing is I run this project that I co-founded called Tabata Songs. We make music for a specific workout called Tabata, and along with that comes a lot of video and web work and marketing and all that kind of stuff. So I guess. Um, and in that, you know, it's, it's a bit of audio recording. It's a bit of video work. It's a bit of web work. It's, you know, like an entrepreneur like yourself, it's a little bit of everything. Um, but I feel like I haven't mastered any one of those things. Um, but so, yeah, you know, it's funny when people ask me what I do, it sort of depends. Like if they're wearing a, uh, you know, a, a CrossFit, you know, New England shirt, I can very easily say, oh, I, I run Tabata songs and we know exactly what we're doing. If, uh, if I'm talking to one of my parents' friends, they say, what do you do for a living? I say, oh, I, I do digital marketing. And the conversation stops right there. Um, so what do I do right now? The simple answer is I'm a, I'm a creator. I guess I've... Uh, creator pretty sums up. I guess I've been a creator since before I realized what the term was. Right. And I think I've, I've probably got to interject there when you say uh, jack of all trades and master of none. Uh, I've been involved in the creative space for a long time. And I think that you excel at an extremely high level in all the things that I've seen you do. It's It's been pretty cool to, to watch over the last four or five years. Um, 
it's it's awesome man <laughs> oh that's generous well th- thank you yeah it's it's been it's been really cool and so we were talking about tabata songs and mm-hmm. and so what are the the different outlets that you guys have for tabata songs like can you talk me just a little bit through what that is sure yeah, yeah. so to back up tabata songs is uh it, it solves a problem of how do i time my Tabata workout, which is 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Originally, the idea was, of course, you could use a clock, you could use a timer. When we first started, the apps were just starting to come out back in 2012. Um, What, actually 2011. Um, And what we did was we created music uh, that basically coaches you through the timing of that workout. So it's three, two, one, go on the work intervals and three, two, one, stop. And we try to match the music to it as best that we can so you can feel when the stops and the goes are, are, are coming up. And uh, so from there, essentially, it's like we're a, it's almost like we're a band that doesn't tour in a sense because we provide music on all the digital streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, etc. And then on top of that, we also have uh, a handful of, you know, a bunch of videos, basically. Video is the other side. You know, and YouTube, of course, being the biggest part of that. And we have an app, our own platform that we've been working on for a little while too. Right. So it's it's basically a big mix of audio and video wherever you access each of those things. Right. To basically help get people or like give people a, a tool that can aid them in working out at home, basically, or wherever they are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the, the Originally, the idea was, you know, take it, use it at home or use it in your you know, your YMCA group fitness classes, your CrossFit classes, whatever, you know, you can just use this however you want. And then from the, the video side really started once we we started doing some, uh, wanted to just share demos of how somebody might actually use this thing in their workout. Right. And since I was, you know, kind of involved in the CrossFit community a little bit at that point, I, I focused on that and got some pretty impressive videos recorded. Again, just to show how someone might use this stuff. Right. And those those generated a, a good amount of um, uh, engagement, and then it was once COVID hit, um, we turned a little bit more towards the follow along workouts that you can do from home. You know, like longer workouts, not just a four minute demo, but like a twenty minute workout. Uh, you might see someone like Ash Crawford doing a twenty minute workout, and you see previews in the in like an upper window of what the next exercise is going to be. And people have found those really helpful, so we've leaned into those more over recent years. Yeah, and we'll we'll try and maybe we'll even try and drop some of those into the video. Um, and and <laughs> this might be shooting myself in the foot a little bit. I think for about the first year that that you and I knew each other, and probably after listening to quite a few of the Tabata song workouts, like following along doing it, I didn't realize that they were your own versions of each song. Like I remember like rocking out to them and like some of the like the the old school like 80s and 90s tracks that I was familiar with but not super familiar with. I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And then came to realize that you guys were recording that or you've got various musicians locally and around the world that do that. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> something we forget to kind of drive home because maybe we take that for granted as musicians. But um, for, for anyone listening that might not be familiar with it... Um, maybe a good example is uh, the Eye of the Tiger, you know, song Eye of the Tiger, the Rocky, the Rocky song Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. So we do a lot of covers of 
uh, basically a, a Tabata version of classic or pop songs. And I think it's easy to assume that we just maybe take the original recording and, you know, throw it into an editing software and move things around or something. But that actually, first of all, that would be totally Ill- illegal. And uh, as a creative, I would, I couldn't. <laughs> so, right, right, right. Um, the whole the whole fun of this, you know, we like creating music. Um, so the whole idea here is we actually have a video of that particular song because we thought we should sort of showcase this a little bit of how these songs come together. So yeah, when you hear, again, I had the Tiger, for example, you'll hear me playing guitar, uh, Wayno, my partner in crime with Tabata songs playing piano. And we're often hiring musicians, whether it's locally, it tends to be more vocalists locally. Um, and then all sorts of different, you know, whether it's a percussion player um, in Spain or a guitarist in Ukraine, uh, that video actually gives a visual of how this all comes together. We have someone singing in California. We have um, some people playing uh, strings, like a, like a string quartet out in, uh, it, it, yeah, it's kind of all over the world. And to see it come together, I think is pretty cool. So yes, we, we do recreate every bit of music that you hear in those songs. Yeah, that was that was really cool to find out. And I think that I, I've done some of these follow along video workouts with you guys on, on YouTube and every time I'm like showing it to somebody or, or describing, um, that part of, of what I do, I'm always like, this isn't the original, like this is these guys re-recording it. Um, and then it like blows their mind. They're like, wait, oh, that, like, that makes sense. Cause sometimes like, I don't know, do you change the, the tempo or, um, add in like, Yeah. Yeah. And we'll add in, we, we try to really keep it, it's, it's a fine balance of trying to keep it as close to the original to a certain extent, because right. when we hear a cover song, a cover song is, you know, when someone's playing a, like a redo of someone else's song. Right. When we hear a cover song, we want it to be close enough to the original that we feel like we know the song, but not so far out and weird that it feels like a completely different song. And we walk that fine balance of like, we want this to sound like the original song, but we want to give it our own feel. Um, we can't have it be too close or too far away. So it's a fun little challenge. You obviously, you, you pour your heart and soul into Tabata songs. What's your hope for it as a, as a brand and what you do? Like what, what would you love to see its impact be? I love the idea that we're able to create something that motivates and helps people to move and hit their own goals, whatever those may be in terms of being active. Um, you know, looking back a few years, Wayno, my co-founder and I were, were touring musicians and, you know, we're that time really putting our heart and soul into our original music in our band at the time. Um, you know, original songs, and you know, really getting a lot from seeing an audience singing along with our songs at at a at a show, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is we put s- so much effort into that for so many years, and then this totally wacky project came out of nowhere in the you know out of just like a necessity of like oh we we should make you know something better than just a timer or looking at our watch while we're running a Tabata workout, and. To see how many people around the world actually use it. No one's listening to Tabata songs just for fun. Like, it's not like it just comes on and they keep it on and just like, oh, 
you know, I'll jam to this until the next song. Nobody <laughs> listens to it unless they're actively like, all right, I'm putting this on because it's going to help me run or do squats or do burpees or whatever that may be. And we know how hard it is for any one of us to get up in the morning and go for a run or do a push-up. So whatever that, whatever that thing may be that we're trying to do with our activity and to know that this actually helps people do that is, is a really cool thing that I don't think that I could have ex- expected to get that, that feel. It's not something that a lot of musicians get to experience, I guess, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you off the top of your head have any idea of some of the, the reach or any of the stats of, of Tabata songs? Um, yeah, well, some of the, you know, the quick, easy vanity numbers are, you know, like YouTube, we, we now are over a million subscribers, which is mind blowing to me. Um, and only less than 10% of our following is in the United States, uh, on YouTube and on Spotify. Um, so it gives you a sense of how kind of internationally this has spread. Yeah, it's, it's such a such a cool thing and i i love that the the stat or like the idea that any views or or downloads or streams that you're getting like you said it it's not people just listening to it in their car on their commute it's like if there's a stream happening somebody was trying to make themselves a little bit better they were they were out there getting their steps in they were doing sit-ups they were whatever that was so like that totally. just must be like you, if you see like two million hours streamed or something over an amount of years. Like, I don't know what the numbers are, but I, I think that they're, they're up there. That is yeah, cool. <laughs> I, I remember some stat that Spotify gave us and we, sh- we should fact check that I have my numbers right here yeah, afterward. But we can. <laughs> um, it, it was something along the lines of in the past year, if you were to add up all the hours streamed, it would go back before the, uh, the Declaration of Independence was written. Wow. <laughs> so like that, that, yeah, that gives you a sense of like how many hours this, this totals up to. Or the other day, I know we had 200,000 streams on Spotify. And uh, again, each one of those streams is not somebody passively listening. It's somebody actively following along to do their workout. And so it's a really, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah, I I, I get a lot out of it uh, myself, whether I'm, I'm using using them for working out or honestly, like I see a lot of the the videos that people put on social media and they they tag me because I might have been in that video that they're working out to or and it's just mostly international. Like it'll be somebody from Brazil or somebody in the Philippines. And it's sure. just like, oh, this is every corner of the the globe. And that's just, I don't know, fitness is a big part of my life. So it's really cool to that. I don't think that they're listening along because of me, but the fact that I can see some of these people's engagement and that they're they're doing it every Friday or whatever it is, it's it's really cool. They certainly may be uh, working out along because of you, <laughs> right? You know, and I, I gotta I gotta take issue with uh, I do actually listen to Sweetness the Tabata songs uh, when I'm not working out because it is on my uh, my phone's playlist, and so when I get in my car, it starts to play and. Oh, I, I love listen, that. I, li- I usually listen to a few minutes of it before uh, I realize that I'm not working out. But that- that's great. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Whenever I get in my car, um, of, you know, of course, whatever you last been listening pops up, and I'm often, you know, 
going through Tabatas, listening to a new one before we put it out or whatever it may be. So I think f- my kids will probably forever remember anytime they hear that, you know, welcome to Tabata. They're always going to remember like getting in dad's car and it's been, it's <laughs> turned up all the way because he was referencing a mix or something like that. Bring uh, them right back to getting in the car seats. Well, I'm glad you listened just for fun, Ash. <laughs> That's all. I might be the only one. Um, <laughs> what do you do to unwind or a guilty pleasure of yours, Jay? Um, you know, my main gig is I'm a dad of two little boys. Um, so we have a lot of fun, uh, more than anything, getting outside or, uh, you know, building, um, both my kids love creating stuff just as I do, um, building forts in the yard or in the woods, picking berries, picking apples has been big the past few weeks. Um, I just, I I like getting outside and, you know, we live pretty close to the, the water down here so I can get out on a kayak or uh, do some mountain biking, some hiking, some trail running. That's pretty much my thing. Uh, if I'm awesome. not just zoning out, you know, playing guitar, uh, the same four chords round and round and round. <laughs> uh, are either meditation. of them musically inclined at all? Have they shown some interest? Have you yeah, started some? Yeah. For sure. You know, it's funny that my oldest who's, who's now eight, he's, he's been taking piano lessons and he's, it's amazing as a parent to see your, your child play a song that, that, you know, um, and he, you know, it, it's funny from a, from a young age, I used to play him, uh, a lot of Beatles. And then I would also show him my own band's, uh, music and videos. And there was a, there was a very clear point in his life where meeting my bandmates was the equivalent of meeting Paul McCartney to him. <laughs> I tried to hold on to that, but he's realized that we're not that big of a deal. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, the 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 youngest uh, is uh, actually he's got he's got quite the little uh, quite the little singing voice. So we're hoping that he he leans into that a little bit. That's awesome. That's really really cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I love listening to you guys play, and I actually caught a uh, former bandmate of yours, Will Evans. Played a show in Amos last week. That's right. He was at the Drake, right? He was he was at the Drake, and yeah, I mean, anytime I get to get to see live music these days, it's it's awesome. But Will just puts on an absolute show. Yeah, and the the way I was describing it to people is like he plays stuff that makes you feel something. Yeah, like in a way that you you just can't get from your your car necessarily or listening to it on headphones like when you're sitting in a space and somebody is pouring their heart into a song and and it's just like you sit there in awe and it's yeah it it's amazing it's uh i give him so much credit he's uh for those listening he's the the uh the front man of of our band but he he's continued on this solo uh solo career for years now and i mean he's in terms of songwriting and performing, uh, singing the stuff that he does, it, it 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 doesn't get a whole lot better than that. And um, yeah, check out Will Evans; it's some good stuff. Yeah, Wayno and I were we were actually supposed to be at that show, but it landed on the same day as our one mile race that we ran in New York City that we had signed up for six months earlier. So we had to hold each other to it. Yeah how did how did the one mile go? Oh, fantastic! I don't know why they're more not more popular. Is that uh, it's, is it's that two quick. Tabata songs for you? Uh, I was able to get it done in, in a little bit less than two Tabata songs, thankfully. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, I it was fun that. being able to sprint down the streets of New York. It was the Fifth Avenue mile. And uh, yeah, just go all out for, for a few minutes and then uh, hope you can stay on your feet afterward. <laughs> That's awesome. What are you currently grateful for? I am so grateful for my family and our health. Uh, we do our gratefuls every night. We write them down in a little book at dinner and uh, mostly just to capture what the, you know, what the kids are grateful for at that age because sometimes it's whipped cream, you know, and <laughs> reminds me, you know, pretty grateful for whipped cream too, especially when we have apple crisp. Um, I'm so grateful for, for my family and our health. I have some extended family going through some health uh, issues at the moment. And, you know, those moments, those times come out and just remind you like, man, we have it so good right now. Almost so grateful for it that I get, you know, worried, <laughs> you know, I'm just so thankful for everything that we have right now. Yeah. But also, you know, I'm, I gotta say how grateful I am to be able to have the freedom to create for a living, you know, tying it back to the stuff that, that I've been doing the past few years. Um, it's just, it's a privilege to be able to make things for a living and, and do what I love doing right now. So I, I couldn't be more grateful for my family, our health and what I'm able to do. That's awesome. Yeah. This next question is like a little more convoluted, but follow along with me. Um, sometimes I like to break all of life's stuff into just like a couple of buckets. So picture work and family your relationships, and then yourself. How do you balance those things for an entrepreneur who, who you can work around the clock, um, a father and all of that? How do you, how do you personally find that balance or, or strive to find that balance? It's a hard balance, man. It's a work in progress, right? Um, but it, yeah, it's a constant. It's a constant battle. I think the a good battle, though. I think that um, f for my wife and I, what has worked really well is just kind of. I like how you break that into buckets. It is really kind of setting those parameters that are totally necessary, especially between work and family. You know, the like you said, as an entrepreneur, I could work twenty four seven and just get. The more I work, the more obsessed I get. The more I want to work. Um, but to have these really simple cutoffs, like, you know, uh, the days when I, I go and pick up the kids from school, I'm done working. There's nothing else. There's nothing else to do. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna return and, you know, dive back into what I think I need to do because there'll be plenty of time tomorrow. Right. Um, but then with, with that said too, it's easy to forget about yourself when it comes to your, your physical and your mental health. Um, so that's another thing my wife and I have just said, it's not just like, are you working out today? It's like, what time are you working out or going for a walk today so we can make this work? Sort of a promise that we've made to each other, which uh, kind of without even realizing it, I guess. Um, but I, I think one thing I've been thinking about lately is my brother talks about the balance as, uh, I think he got this from Ben Bergeron, someone that we look up to a lot, looking at it as like a, a Frisbee. Right, like a there's like you have a bucket on each end of the frisbee, and picture like trying to balance that frisbee. So it's not so much a seesaw; it's not just one thing or another. It's like infinite things around that frisbee, right? And so, how can you? It's never going to be totally flat, but how can you give just enough on this side, 
before needing to go back over to this side and then back over to the other side. And I like that analogy a lot because you you never can give 100% of yourself to any one of those things at any given time. You have to compartmentalize it. And so I like the buckets. Um, and if you can figure out how you're dividing up that time, you can give, you know, maybe close to 100% of yourself to each one of those things at any given time. But it's hard to leave whatever you're doing in the moment. So that's the yeah. challenge. That is, that's really cool. And yeah, thanks for sharing, sharing that. That's, yeah, I haven't heard that the Frisbee in the bucket analogy just that way, but it's, it's something that I'm definitely thinking about somebody who is an entrepreneur and have a lot of things going on and, um, have a small family at the moment, but how do I, how do I prioritize each of those things and set up systems and ways of doing it? So when my life does get ultimately more complicated with dependence or various things that, that I know come up in the world, um, and in life that I can, they can have a bit of a plan and a bit of a strategy to, to make all of those things as, as least stressful as possible and, and most enjoyable. Totally. And I feel like as soon, at least from my own experience, as soon as I feel like, I, okay, I've got this, I've got this locked down. I got this figured out, especially with kids. It all, you know, hits the fan. It, everything changes, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's with a newborn and like, all right, we got the sleep schedule figured out. And then they decide they don't want to sleep at night anymore. Or if it's, you know, uh, you got their, the schedule on the weekend set for whatever it may be, your plans, everything just changes so quickly and drastically as soon as you feel like you've got it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with all that's going on in the world and various, various avenues, how or why are you hopeful about the future? How or why am I hopeful about the future? Yeah. I think that I'm um, probably an optimist, maybe an over-optimist at heart. Um, and maybe some, maybe there's times I can feel unrealistically optimistic about things or people or intentions or the future. But man, I'll tell you, being a dad and being around not just my kids and having worked in schools, um, kids make me really hopeful for the future. Um, just seeing, you know, a fresh wave of ways to look at things or problem solve or the kindness. Um, I think, I think that in general, my kids and their view on the world is like such a, a fresh look at what can happen, uh, the kindness that we can have toward each other. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit there, Ash. No, it's all, all good. So then if you're optimistic about the future because there's the next generation and you've got you've got some children you when you've been a teacher in various capacities what's our role in sort of guiding that next generation it's like we used to be the young ones now with now we're getting to be the generation above the next one what do you see your role or responsibility as a father and a steward of of that next generation i guess oh that's a great question 
Um, you know, with, with our generation, I love the fact that, and, and the next generation, you know, I have, I have nieces and nephews who are, aren't quite as young as my kids, but the teenage years from a, at least from what I'm really interested in, um, relationships, mental, physical health, kindness, problem solving, um, maybe sometimes being the overly uh, positive person to a fault at times that I am. I love the fact that we're able to really comfortably have these conversations. Uh, I mean, you and I are probably a, a prime example. Our dads, and I don't know your dad, I don't think you know my dad, um, but 30 years ago, I'd be willing to bet that maybe they wouldn't be so comfortable sitting down together and talking about their mental health or the anxieties or what they can do to better their relationships or how they can better balance their work-life balance, right? I think that I think that our generation is probably a little bit further down the road with that than our parents' generation. And I have to believe that our kids, the next generation, is going to be in further down the line on that. And that makes me feel really positive about the future. Yeah. Having those open and honest lines of communication that, yeah, I think that, I think that you're right along those, along that line, being able to communicate in that way. And, um, I definitely seen that change obviously through the last couple of generations and it is something to be hopeful for. I, I think. Totally. And you know, it's, it's nothing to knock our parents or our grandparents generation or anything. Um, but I think it's, it's so cool that, you know, we can be very comfortable talking to each other or our kids or friends or whatever it may be about things that makes us make us really anxious or maybe our mental health isn't that isn't where we know it should be, you know, what, right. What do we feel? Um, and what's causing that and what can we do? How can we help each other with that? I think it's pretty cool that, we seem to be moving to a place, at least as a, a culture in general, where that's more of a norm to talk about those things. Yeah. All right. Just a couple more here and uh, some more like little rapid fire. Hit me with it. You've got 30 minutes for a quick workout. What is your go-to? It's either going to be a Tabata or an Imam. Um, I love with 30 minutes, that'll give me 20, I can get 28 minutes of Tabata. So that's maybe a circuit of maybe I'll do push up, pull up, squat, and maybe I'll hop on a, either a jump rope or a, a machine and just cycle those for 30 minutes. My other favorite is doing an EMOM. Uh, I like to pick two or four movements and just every minute do 10 reps of that thing. And uh, by the end of that 30 minutes, I'm toast. Love it. Do you know how many Tabata songs you guys have produced and put out into the world? Roughly 160. What is your favorite? Oh, what is my? Usually it's the newest. To be honest, right now it's um, Dance the Night. The uh, <laughs> We did a cover of the Dua Lipa song that was in the, the Barbie movie. Yeah. That one. That one the slaps, newest, the newest, like say. the one that's freshest, the one that you've just just sort of labored over and and then put out into the world. That makes sense. <laughs> totally. But there's a few songs I love going back and listening to. If you get a chance to look and listen to like the original our Rocky Tabata song, so not Eye of the Tiger, but just the Rocky theme song, Gonna Fly yeah. Now. Listen to the well, same thing with the uh, Eye of the Tiger. Listen to the string parts and the bass playing and the drums and the vocals and just Listen to all those little parts. It's it's kind of mind-blowing when you really dive into it. 
I love that. Um, so you know me relatively well. We uh, we have become pretty good friends over the years. Uh, you you know where I'm at in my life in in the work that I do with Quiver and Heather and I just got married. What book would you recommend that I read next? Do you plan on having kids someday? We do. Yeah. Hunt Gather Parent. Hunt Gather Parent. Yep. Can't recommend enough. I wish that I read it sooner as a parent, maybe even before I was a parent. Uh, without going into a long-winded answer, it just kind of takes a look at how people around the world parent outside of the United States. And it's really eye-opening to the strange norms and the stresses that we put on ourselves unnecessarily. So I'd highly recommend Hunt Gather Parent. Um, since you recommended the, this book to me, um, Outlive by Dr. Peter Atia, I, I wouldn't recommend it to you. I appreciate you recommending that to me. I flew through it and I've already bought it for two people in my life who I think would appreciate it. So that would be the other one that I'd recommend to, to a lot of others. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It's it's something that I I started to do long before the podcast was during the pandemic. I wanted a way to reach out and reconnect with some of my good friends there in Australia or England or or the West Coast. And I was really thinking, how can I connect beyond just a bit of a phone call or a text? And what I what I came to was that people find kinship and familiarity between shared knowledge and not only shared experiences, but shared understanding of concepts. Oh yeah. And so I came up with this idea to ask my, my close friends for where I'm at in life, what would you recommend for me right now? And, and I, I respect your opinion and I'm going to take that on board. And once I, I read that, I can then connect with you on what that was like for me. Um, and I totally. found it so, so rewarding and it's, it's really cool that we, I get to continue that with this. Yeah. I love that. I think the one other book that comes to mind for where you are in life, as far as I, as far as my understanding would be uh, a book that my wife asked me to read as we're both educators. Um, we, the, the book is called permission to feel and without getting too deep into that one, the idea behind that is we have all these emotions. We're always, we're all always feeling something, right? And we are actually innately really bad at recognizing what we're feeling. We may just recognize it as good or bad. Um, you know, whether it's jealousy, disappointment, sadness, that tends to just come through as anger for a lot of us, where if we can really identify what we're like, I'm feeling disappointed because this happened. Um, and we, if we can identify that we are, we can <laughs> navigate those, those feelings and those emotions, those, the outcome and actions and decisions that come out of it so much easier. Um, mm. and so as a, as a spouse and as a parent and as a friend, um, I think that's a really important one to read. Awesome. I will, I will look into that because that the, the type of therapy that I've been in for the past six years maybe is, is called IFS, Internal mm -hmm. Family Systems. And it's just a, a way of looking inside and, and there's different philosophies on, on, way to, on ways to 
um, work on your mental health and self. And IFS was just something that really resonated with me. And what we we talk about in that is different parts of us. So there there is a whole and a self, and and that is bigger than my physical being. Um, and then it is also made up of parts that arise for, for various instances and circumstances, a lot of the time during early childhood or instances of trauma. So then parts have a voice or wants or beliefs or things that they're trying to protect. Ultimately, you, their parts are, are there to protect or they think that they're protecting yourself. Sure. Um, so when you bring up the, the permission to feel and, and accurately describing the emotions that we feel, um, I start to think of part of me feels envious or like, and so that's what the discerning that I'm not angry or disappointed. Like I'm, I'm just myself. I'm, but there is part of me and, and that could be a large part. That could be a small part. It can be all shapes and sizes and, and take various forms. Um, but getting to know each of those parts and what they are feeling and being able to sit with them or accurately describe what's going on and then being able to listen to them and then unburden them is the ultimate goal of, of the IFS therapy. That's so interesting. That's totally new to me, but I love that. And I think particularly the, the, the piece of it, that's like, this is a part of me, a part of me wants to, I mean, we think, we think about that without, I guess, diving into it too deep. Like, ah, part of me wants to do this, but part of me wants that, you know? And I think that's really a cool thing to dive into. I'd be interested to learn more about it. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I'm, I'm very familiar with, but I'm not, mm. I wouldn't, I re- wouldn't recommend myself articulately describing the, the landscape of it, but it's something I would love to get somebody who is an expert on IFS to, to, sort of talk me through a conversation about it because like anything, it's, it's not for everybody, but I've tried lots and lots of different ways of, of thinking and, and in, and viewing my internal system. And this was just one that really resonated with me and, and gave me a language to describe because mm-hmm. like you touched on, it's like part of me wants ice cream and part of me wants to have a six pack and like, that's not me, but like there's, there's two parts. And a lot of the time they have various, they have opposing interests. Um, and sometimes there's more than just two parts. And mm-hmm. so giving, giving them space to be heard, um, has been, has been really helpful for me. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes me think a lot of like, I went back to school for counseling and it's like, I, just because maybe I or you don't approve of a choice you make doesn't mean that we don't approve of you. Right. Right. And it's a, a part of, it's a part of you. It's a, it, it was an outcome of a, a piece of emotion in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. I like that Ash. Especially if it, it, it's, uh, if the emotion is charged in, uh, sort of a, a triggered or angry or negative way, um, that's not coming from a place of self. So, mm-hmm. If, if there's something that bothers you or is annoying in, in any kind of circumstance, um, being able to take a little step back and be like, okay, why, who, who is upset in this system here? Um, mm-hmm. and can I hear them out? Um, mm-hmm. 
And why? Why are they upset about this, right? Right, right. Um, which you get to learn a lot about yourself, which is a fascinating subject. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I don't think I've got any, any other questions. It seems like a kind of a great place to leave this conversation. Um, do you have any questions for me, Jay? We don't get to catch up too, too often. <laughs> I want to know what book. Uh, here I am. All right. I am, you know, I'm almost 40. I've got a couple kids. Um, this is you looking maybe forward a little bit. Um, are there any books that you recommend to me at this point besides Outlive? That was a pretty timely one. There is, there is one book that I just absolutely love, and this is not to try and improve yourself or I do a lot of that reading and I know that you work on yourself a lot, um, but the book Shogun by James Clavell is historic fiction about um, 1600s Japan. And it is just a, an incredible story that immerses you and makes you feel like you are in feudal Japan and the what people believed and, and why they made the decisions they did and the, the power between um, the, the different rulers of the time and the, the European influence as they were first sort of interacting. And it is just a fantastic novel. Cool. That 1600s Japan is about as far outside of my, um, my you know, understanding and regular circle. It's, <laughs> Should, I'll dive in. Yeah, it's, I, cool. it, it, it's one of those that, and it, it is the start of a, if you do enjoy it, I think it's a six book series called The Asian Saga um, that, sort of has a thin thread that connects through the next uh, 400 years. So wow. cool. Yeah. That's but it awesome. is a fantastic standalone. You know, it's funny. I feel like I, I find myself gravitating at least right now in my life as I'm trying to do the juggle towards, you know, call them self-help books, I guess, call them, um, I don't know, they're in the self-help section of most libraries and bookstores. So I guess that's what they are. But reminding myself to like, don't forget about the magic, you know, the music, the novels, the fiction, the, I'm not a science fiction guy. My wife loves science fiction and not forgetting to give yourself, uh, that, that fun stuff. I like to call it the magic, you know? Yeah. Gotta, gotta keep the magic. Keep the magic happening, Ash. Cool. Love Thank it. you so much, man. Thank you for, uh, taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. And I look forward to our next workout together. Me too. Looking forward to it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. Hey everyone, Ash here again. Just wanted to say a special thank you and offer you 20% off everything over at drinkquiver.com. So if you're interested in any of our coffee and teas or apparel, use code podcast at checkout for 20% off as a little thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.